while the dulcet strings of Teenage Fan Club indicate that it's time for another episode of Near Perfect Pitch. Thanks for joining me. It's been three days since my last confession. Rather, it's been three days since I was in the studio, uh, rounding out episode 38, the, uh, the Fiat Lux edition, uh, trying to catch up as a result of uh, Microsoft driver issues with the board and uh, ensuing problems in, in terms of a domino effect with everything else in the studio. So everything seems to be remedied now, which is lovely, because uh, I was fully expecting uh, to come in today and have technical issues, and so far, nada, which is lovely. So, as I mentioned, this is episode 39, and I'll give you a little bit of an overview as to what you can look forward to hearing and uh, being featured in the next three hours or so. So it's very important to note, first off, that uh, this week we are talking to uh, Andrea from the Darling Buds. Fantastic. They are back with a vengeance with a new EP entitled Evergreen, and I will play the EP in its entirety uh, throughout the programme. Uh, the interview, uh, like all interviews, will be at the end of the programme towards the three-hour mark. Um, loads of new releases. and Let me scroll down on my pathetic attempt for notes here and uh, let you know what's coming up. Uh, the new cast album is physically in my hands. Uh, we're going to hear something off the uh, the Smiths Record uh, Store Day uh, Limited 7-inch, uh, specifically the, the demo of Rubber Ring. Uh, more from Neon Waltz, who are fast becoming my favourite band. Uh, we're going to hear Perfect Frame again. Right? Again. Because it's that good. And um, we're going to hear some Night Flowers. Oh, new release uh, by, by the Primitives. Uh, I'll Trust the Wind off the, the new Thrills EP. Uh, what have we got? Uh, we've got uh, our classic album feature is Doves this week, which is always very nice. We've got the Weekly Peel. We have Tinterweb Time. We have our uh, regular hat trick, our cover version, our essential Peel. And Obligatory Fall. Oh, tracks are loads. Loads to get to. Um, and uh, do be aware that you can follow and stalk all things Near Perfect Pitch by going to nearperfectpitch.com. And if you're not happy with the way that you're listening to the programme currently, you can source other ways and means through the main URL. Uh, and uh, to remind you, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, TuneIn Radio, and of course, uh, through uh, CKCU here at the studios in Ottawa, Canada, where I record of the programme uh, as I try to do on a weekly basis, nearperfectpitch at gmail.com, should you want to chat.
Cause 
Shoegazy, but the previous two were. That's Hooten Tennis Club and a track off their debut, Long Player. Uh, the last track off the album of 2015's Highest Point in Clifftown. Previous two tracks, Shoegaze Fest, starting with uh, Blind Mr. Jones with Sisters. And uh, if you are late getting on the uh, Blind Mr. Jones train, of course they're defunct, but um, their, their stuff is quite hard to get hold of in its. Uh, Initial uh, initial formats, but there's a wonderful compilation called uh, Over My Head, uh, the complete uh, uh, compilation, uh, the most concise compilation there is for uh, Bly Mr. Jones, out on uh, Cherry Red Records, who are an outstanding record label for uh, regular catalogue, but also for rekindling the past and doing very, very good jobs of uh, repackaging and uh, unearthing new tracks and being able to uh, share uh, the talents of many artists with a lot more people had they just been left to rot and sit in delete bins. And Flower to Hide was the second song we heard, the one prior to uh, Hooten Tennis Club by Catherine Wheel. It's an LP track which really sort of exemplifies the might of of Catherine Wheel's uh, output. They are, uh, well, they were a wonderful outfit. Flower to Hide, Catherine Wheel of Ferment from 1992. So let's go a year prior to the Catherine Wheel uh, Flower to Hide LP track and let's go to 1991 and let's hear some Spirea X
lovely lads from north of Scotland that's uh, Neon Waltz and that's their latest uh, perfect frame go out beg steal and borrow anything you can buy it by Neon Waltz uh, the majority of their uh, their output is on the, the usual 
digital uh, commodities, the iTunes and the Google Plays of the world. They've got a limited 7-inch out there. They've got a limited 12-inch out there. They are very, very hard to find. And if you are uh, a regular listener, you would have heard uh, my chat with, uh, with Jordan Shearer about five or six weeks ago. Very, uh, very nice chat detailing uh, all that is Neon Waltz. And before that, we heard Aspire X from 1991. And that is from their Fireblade Skies LP. Also uh, one of uh, two singles, two EPs that they released. Uh, a band formed by Jim Beatty, ex-Primal uh, Scream uh, member. And uh, he later went on to form an outfit called uh, Adventures in Stereo. Stereo, airy, airy, oh, nearperfectpitch at gmail.com if you want to hear something. Um, stay tuned. We've got Andrea from uh, the Darling Buds at the end of the programme in, in a wonderful little chit chat. She was an absolute delight to talk to. But now it's time for me and Brown.
Spanking new stuff from uh, the G.O.D. That is a digital-only uh, single entitled Goodbye and the G.O.D. They were on the show uh, quite some weeks ago, too, speaking to Chris Bridget. And don't forget that Simon Wollstonecroft, X of the Fall and uh, Stems uh, and numerous other projects is involved with the G.O.D. as well. And uh, prior to that, staying in Manchester, uh, my star, Ian Brown. That's his uh, first solo single from, from all the way back in 1998 from his debut solo record entitled Unfinished Monkey Business. And the man is a wee bit just a tiny bit of a legend. Next, it's time for our weekly obligatory fall R track. The Chesars is desperate. Passed on. And the richest. Yeah. 
like they never went away. That's Darling Buds, title track of the Evergreen EP, which I'll be playing three more tracks from uh, towards the end of the programme uh, around uh, the interview, which is always uh, at the end of uh, the podcast. Um, you can get uh, this particular EP by going to uh, oddboxrecords.bandcamp.com slash album slash evergreen hyphen EP, or you can just do a search for uh, the Darling Buds or uh, Oddbox Records on um, on Bandcamp. You can also keep up to date with everything that is uh, pertinent to the Darling Buds at their uh, official Facebook uh, place of residency, facebook.com slash the Darling Buds official. Lovely, lovely stuff. And what did we hear? What did we hear? before the Darling Buds, as I try and uh, add a semblance of organisations uh, to the proceedings. Oh yeah, it was our obligatory fall oh, track, and uh, this particular uh, fall instalment uh, was from the, the Chiselers EP, released on Jet Records in uh, 1996, uh, the title track. And uh, if you're a football fan, um, you will be aware of the demise of uh, Halifax Town Football Club uh, quite a few years ago. Uh, and in the notes uh, of the single, uh, Marky Smith and the band have made it abundantly clear that this song is relevant to the recent experiences of Halifax Town Football Club. And uh, before that, before we heard the fall, we heard uh, the G.O.D.'s I'd uh, already articulated to you. We heard Goodbye, their latest single, their second release. Now it's time to get a little bit eerie with uh, Alison and Jim Shaw and that outfit that they uh, that they fronted called Cranes that are no longer with us. This is from their third EP on Dedicated Records from 1990. Uh, the EP is called Espero and the track concerned I Hope.
from 1985. My goodness me, that is a Strawberry Switchblade from their debut self-titled and only LP. And uh, they were essentially Rose McDowell and uh, Jill Bryson. And uh, the record came out on Carova Records, which... Uh, probably most famous for uh, the early Echo and the Bunnymen uh, recordings. And uh, before we heard the uh, the girls from uh, Strawberry Switchblade, we heard um, one girl and one boy, uh, a brother-sister team called uh, Cranes, who you may or may not be familiar with, and uh, on dedicated records that came out in 1990. And that's uh, off the EP uh, entitled Espero and uh, the lead track called I hope we are 10 counting 10 songs in uh, to the program i've uh, got about another 20 to go in, and uh, also we've also uh, got this uh, wonderful chit chat with andrea uh, from the darling but at the end of the program um i can tell you about uh, some forthcoming interviews as well I'd uh, mentioned the last programme that I will be talking to uh, to Pete from the farm and uh, I'll be talking to him bright and early tomorrow morning before the Liverpool game uh, and have the fruits of that for you uh, in the next uh, two or three weeks or so. Uh, Night Flowers is on the agenda in the next uh, week or so for a chit-chat. Boy Racer, I'll be talking to, uh, to Stuart and um, maybe some of the band as well. So lots to look forward to in terms of interviews. And of course, if you've got any input, as a lot of you do, you do pipe up. Uh, you can pipe up at Dara uh, at uh, nearperfectpitch.com uh, or you can just do nearperfectpitch at gmail.com. doesn't really matter. I get them anyway. What have we got queued up next? Yes, it's time for our uh, weekly cover version. It's time for Cover Me. <laughs> i 
Yes, indeed. The Primitives are back. And that's off their uh, brand new EP entitled New Thrills. And that's a track called I'll Trust the Wind. That was preceded by a rather nifty cover version uh, by My Bloody Valentine, uh, putting their uh, hand to a wire track that was originally released in 1979 and appeared on their 154 LP. And uh, that's My Bloody Valentine doing map reference 41 degrees north, 93 degrees west. And it appears on a 1996 compilation entitled, quite handily, Whore. Yes, W-H-O-R-E. Featuring the likes of Lush, Leica, um, Scanner, Polar Bear, Lee Ronaldo, Mike Watt, uh, Godflesh. Uh, 21 covers in all and a good little album to get your hands on especially if you are a Wire fan so knowing that we've got a Darling Buds interview and already having played some, we've heard some primitives we've heard uh, a Wire cover and we're going to hear something by Whiteout coming up next, I feel like I'm in my 20s I think that's really the underlying theme of this programme is to take you back and to make you feel not necessarily young but younger Oh, 
like a hybridised version of the jam meeting the rifles. That's the Spitfires and that's from their 2015 debut release uh, response and stand down in case you couldn't suss that from uh, the lyrics being shouted at you. Rather good stuff actually. And that's for Johnny Marmite. Thank you mate for being so involved and spreading the word. I do do really really appreciate it. And uh, prior to that from Greenock up in Scotland, uh, the sixth and last single from uh, from White Out from 1995, and uh, in my humble opinion, I reckon it's their best tune, Jackie's Racing. And uh, as a reminder, we heard before Jackie's Racing, we heard I'll Trust the Wind by The Primitives. What have I got queued up next? Yes, some new cast. The new album is out. I actually have the physical copy in my hand. It's signed, it's lovely, and here's Birdcage. <laughs> 
David Gedge from The Wedding Present, and you're listening to Near Perfect Pitch. Blimey, where'd he come from? That's David Gedge. Um, so before uh, David Gedge, we heard um, Dismissal by Luxury Stranger. Uh, some uh, material was sent to me uh, via a Facebook friend, uh, Simon York. Uh, this is his band. Uh, and uh, I'm really, really liking it. It's great stuff. Um, I'm going to put all the notes, as I do, uh, for all of the... Uh, the sort of up-and-coming bands or the bands that aren't going through what you deem traditional music means, which is becoming non-traditional, which is in turn becoming the norm, if you know what I mean. Anyway, facebook.com slash luxurystranger. Keep up to date with them. Luxurystranger.net is their own page and luxurystranger.bandcamp.com is where you can buy all of their music. Uh, Cast, prior to that, with a brand-new track off their brand-new record. Uh, And we heard a track called Birdcage, and if you want to keep up with everything that is cast, go to uh, casttour.com. Not caster, but uh, casttour, all one word, .com. And you can uh, pick up the album uh, through a link at the top of that page as well. So we've gone from Whiteout to the Spitfires to Cast to Luxury Stranger. And now some more familiar territory, perhaps, for some of you. But I've been uh, meaning to play this one for a while. It, it's just a song that resonates with me. Uh, at the time, A&M Records were, were a label really to be reckoned with. And it was just in a good, good uh, time of my life, personally. So, yeah, I'm being selfish, playing a song that I want to play. <laughs>
Tins Web Time Kids, it's the time of the week when I share with you a website that I've either come across, stumbled upon, been sucked into the vortex of the the, uh, the World Wide Web black hole, uh, and uh, coming across it. In this instance, I was looking for a photograph on Instagram and was doing a hashtag search, and um, I found the photo that I was looking for, but it was attached to this particular uh, feed for uh, an institution called Cool Britannia. And not as you would think in terms of its correct spelling. Uh, the internet's done a wonderful job of destroying grammar and syntax. It's uh, K-U-L-B-R-I-T-A-N-I-A. So what is this site all about? Well, it's, it's an aggregator. If I could uh, choose another way to describe it, I would. But I really do think that's fair to say. It does a very good job of uh, pooling resources. There's lots and lots of video footage, lots of rich media footage. For instance, uh, some footage of uh, Noel Gallagher's uh, uh, recent gig with his high-flying birds in Buenos Aires. Uh, some footage from New Order from the same town. Uh, some tea in the park vintage footage uh, with, uh, with the, the Stone Roses uh, from, from 2016. Lots and lots of video. So, okay, check. Loads of video. But there's also uh, a very concise gig guide and uh, a litany of news that is sourced from a lot of uh, contributors all over God's green earth. And they're very, very active on social media as well. So if you want a bit of uh, a bit of fun uh, and perhaps uh, stay in touch with the world of Britpop, which I absolutely detest, but unfortunately you have to use pigeonholes, otherwise people can't source you. You can't just rely upon telekinesis you've got to be able to categorize things so unfortunately uh, this this does be this, this is lumped in rather with that uh, with the old uh, Britpop uh, uh, moniker but it's not a bad thing is it really I have to use it in all my sort of uh, promo and marketing to try and get listeners to the program by by uh, trying to uh, tell them what they're actually going to be listening to so anyway it's an abhorrent term but it's uh, a necessary evil in some instances. Cool Britannia, uh, that is our uh, website of the week this week. Uh, it's now time for, for the weekly hat trick whereby you can quite handily and readily put your feet up for a hat trick of tunes. Relax, I'll be back in about 15 minutes.
BMX Bandits. Kylie's got a crush on us, and that's a single from 1993 on Creation Records. And that was preceded by, in the hat-trick roster, Yin and Yang, The Flowerpot Man, by Love and Rockets from their second LP uh, from 1986, entitled Express. Did play Love and Rockets last week. Don't often play uh, a band two weeks in a row, but it just so happened that it worked out, this, uh, this particular uh, sequence. And the first in, uh, in the, uh, the three songs in the hat-trick package was from 1997. That's uh, the KLF, uh, a.k.a. the Jams, a.k.a. the Justified Engines of Moomoo. Uh, but uh, in this rendition, they are, uh, they're operating under the name of uh, 2K. Their last recorded works, really, and uh, that's their uh, Fuck 2K um, release. And uh, there is rumour that uh, they are putting something together. They never do anything without fanfare, do the KLF. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we'll see something later this year. There have been some teasing, thing, uh, some teasing uh, communiques rather, on, uh, on Twitter and social media. So maybe... Uh, Mr. Drummond, Mr. Courtier, are up to uh, uh, up to no good, which in their in their old scheme of things, them being up to no good is usually uh, usually a good thing, if you know what I mean. So if you do listen to the program a lot, you'll uh, you'll know that I'm a card carrying amnesiac, um, and uh, I'm always uh, forgetting to mention things, and because this is a uh, a show that I cobble together uh, by myself, and uh, it's all my own music and. I'm behind the the board twiddling knobs and and, uh, arranging the interviews and and trying to put something together on a weekly basis. Uh, uh, As an amateur, um, I I tend to forget things. I tend to forget things at the best of times. Anyway, uh, those that listen a lot will know that I'm forever apologising for not having mentioned uh, the the name or the details of a song that I've played because it is my absolute pettest of pet peeves. Uh, that when you are dis- listening to radio, and I have to qualify that, listening to a decent radio station, of which uh, uh, there are fewer and fewer nowadays, it, uh, it drives me mental when you hear a song and no one cares to tell you who it was or uh, to mention one jot about uh, the song that you've, uh, you've just heard. Anyway, so uh, I'm going to go back to, before we started the hat trick prior to the, uh, the KLF, uh, the 2K song, um, it was another nail. Uh, for My Heart uh, by Squeeze on A&M Records from their third LP, uh, Argy Bargy, which was released, again, when, when sometimes when I uh, recite the, the dates of the music that I'm playing, it makes me feel like I should be waddling along on a Zimmer frame. Um, that's from 19, 1980. Um, it's time for our Essential Wax feature. Uh, this week, we're going to be featuring uh, a wonderful, wonderful band uh, from uh, Britain's Northwest. Uh, you'll be familiar with them. Uh, you may well own the album, but to those of you who don't, I hope this is an education. Every day it comes to this Catch the things you might have missed you say Get back to yesterday
Catch the Sun. That's Doves. Now, Catch the Sun is uh, the third single uh, by Doves, and that was released in uh, in May uh, 2000, uh, about uh, two, two months after the release of, of the album itself, uh, Lost Souls. Um, the, the band hailed from uh, Wilmslow, and uh, they all went to school together. Uh, they are... Uh, Friends since childhood, and Jimmy Goodwin has now got a nice little solo career in jazz, and Andy Williams are now... Uh, they formed a band called uh, Black Rivers, which uh, both factions are doing uh, great, great work. They did before dubs, they did during dubs, and uh, it's not to say that they won't get back together again, but uh, they've uh, they've uh, parted ways uh, to pursue other interests, at least for the foreseeable future. Anyway, uh, they did start off as uh, a sub-sub, and sub-sub did have uh, a little bit of prominence with uh, a, a single that they recorded with Bernard Sumner, uh, but sub-sub soon became a more uh, let's say cultured affair from being a bit of a raggle taggle ja- uh, dance outfit to being a uh, a really a really good songwriting band I'd have to say um, so we've heard uh, Catch the Sun uh, that's the third single as I mentioned but uh, before they were signed uh, to Heavenly Records they did release uh, some material uh, on uh, on an independent label uh, on, on 10 inch and that's when uh, the Cedar Room which is the song I'm going to be playing you next uh, did see a light of day First, it came out uh, on Casino Records in in 1998. Uh, soon, very soon after they changed uh, names uh, from Sub Sub uh, to uh, Two Dubs, and came out only on uh, on 10 inch vinyl. And then all subsequent releases after that did at least have the option uh, to buy uh, uh, CD uh, digital versions as well. So we're going to hear um, the Cedar Room, and I'm hoping that uh, that Dubs now have got a body of work of four studio LPs uh, and they've got uh, some compilations and some live work of, uh, out there as well uh, but it's one of those uh, they're one of those bands where you can go back and um, if you haven't got them first time around you can go back and listen to the likes of uh, Lost Souls uh, the, the first record and then you can do similar with uh, all of their other records most notably uh, their second uh, studio record in 2002 uh, last broadcast uh, Some Cities came out in in 2005 and their last studio record was uh, Kingdom of Rust uh, in 2009. Uh, Lost Sides you can't really get uh, too readily. It's a compilation of B-sides. The Places Between though is still available and uh, is a double CD if you want to dip your toe in the water uh, with with doves Uh, or if you've got money burning a hole in your your pocket you can can buy the five album uh, CD uh, set that came out through EMI Records in uh, I think about 2012 that came out. Anyway, you heard Catch the Sun and this is a bit anthemic this one. Uh, This is uh, The Cedar Room. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous song. Thank you. 
And all the girls that is going to fix She gave a little flirt, gave herself a little cuddle But there's no place yet, bottom of the skirt Wide and the dope punishment She is last year's model The call of the passion when she looks like Elsa I don't want to go to Chelsea track and that's Elvis Costello. Uh, I don't want to go to Chelsea. I don't want to go there either, frankly. And that's from 1978. And that was preceded by The Cedar Room uh, by Doves. And that in turn was preceded by Catch the Sun uh, by Doves 2. Two songs off the, the featured album of the week are Essential Wax, which is uh, Doves Lost Souls, released in April 2000. We're going to stay in that kind of area, Britain's Northwest. Here's some Cherry Ghost. Back roads that have put me here 
if you know me, you know I'm a massive Smiths fan and uh, Record Store Day has come and gone for another year and uh, there were a myriad of releases this year and one of them was the one I've just played, the uh, demo version of uh, The Boy With A Thorn In His Side with the B-side of uh, Rubber Ring, uh, a different take. If you uh, are a real avid fan, uh, as a lot of Smiths fans are, doesn't tend to be uh, uh, any extremes other than rabid, um, you will have got a version of this, uh, and possibly even better versions as I do, but still, it's a collectible and uh, I stupidly bought it and uh, resentfully, uh, I, uh, I've got lots of things to say. I've been on a few diatribes lately actually about, about Record Store Day. People act as if records have just all of a sudden uh, reappeared, as if they've uh, as if they'd gone away, and 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 someone had saved them, and uh, uh, someone benevolent and come along and, and and given us this endless supply of vinyl. Now, uh, I just get I get really wound up as a record collector when you go to massive lengths to collect things, uh, and a uh, the studio uh, uh, sorry record companies uh, will uh, will re-release stuff. Uh, with extra discs that you've feverishly compiled through other media for two or three decades, be it the cassette B-side or, or a flexi disc or 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 a Benelux 12-inch, and then someone ends up uh, compiling them and putting them on, on one CD, so uh, and anybody can just grab the entire collection. So I suppose there are pros and cons. But anyway, Record Store Day seems to be a little bit elitist for me. Uh, for instance, the the uh, releasing only 2,000 copies globally of a seven-inch single is tantamount to stupidity, really. Uh, there are going to be a lot of other fans, just as one example, who are not going to be able to get their hands on that record because their local shop didn't participate. They don't live in a major centre. Uh, mail order's redundant because uh, the first handful of people who get through get through. And uh, then the, re the reselling sites, uh, such as eBay and Discogs, who are uh, turning around $5 seven-inch singles for... Uh, uh, for $150. So, anyway, it leaves a bit of a bitter taste. But anyway, that was uh, the Smiths, uh, the Smiths' contribution to RSD uh, 2017, and that was uh, preceded by Cherry Ghost, their first single, their debut single uh, from uh, 2007, and that was on their debut uh, long player, Thirst for Romance, on uh, Heavenly Records. We're, we're nearly at the end of the programme where you're going to be, uh, it's going to be a Darling Buds fest, which is fantastic. So before we get into some Darling Buds, here's a request for Karen. Here's some uh, Mornington Crescent, Jake Schillingford and his mob.
it's really, really good to have the Darling Buds back after a 25-year absence. 25 years, my goodness. And that uh, is a song off their latest offering, the Evergreen EP. And that's uh, one of the tracks called Complicated. We heard the title track about an hour and a half ago, uh, near uh, the beginning of the programme. And I'll be playing a couple more songs uh, off uh, the record, needless to say, after I've finished uh, wittering on here, setting up somewhat with a little bit of a history about uh, uh, the Darling Buds. Uh, They're a Welsh band. Uh, They are at the pinnacle of what you would deem jingle, jangle, guitar pop and... uh, in my uh, in my tender years, I must have seen them uh, at least a dozen times. As a musical uh, chronology, uh, Pop said their debut long player came out in in 1988 and scraped, uh, uh, just about got into the top 20. It's since been uh, reissued with uh, lots of extra tracks, I believe through uh, Cherry Red Records. Uh, initially, it came out on Epic. Uh, and two years later, they uh, put out a compilation of the works that uh, they had uh, put together prior to the major label signing with Epic, um, and that was released in 1990, uh, compiling all the, the material that they recorded for the native uh, records uh, record label. Crawdaddy came uh, soon afterwards uh, as uh, a second studio album proper to be followed by Erotica, uh, their last studio album proper in 1992. And now we have uh, Evergreen in, in 2017. Going to play one more song uh, from the EP uh, before I get into our wonderful chit chat with uh, with Andrea uh, she uh, she is an absolute delight so I was uh, very very lucky to uh, have a chance to talk to her uh, last Sunday and uh, I hope that you enjoy all the proceedings as much as I but before we get to uh, the chit chat here's uh, another Darling Buds track it's called uh, Guess the Good Parts <laughs>
top, top new material from the Darling Buds. That is Guess the Good Parts, the third song that we've played of the four-song EP. It's nearly time to hand it over to uh, Pseudo Me and Andrea, but it is fair comment to say that this show is brought to you this week by Andrea Lewis Jarvis and the Bourbon Biscuit. So enjoy the interview, and I'll be back with one more track uh, uh, by the Darling Buds after the interview. Hello. Good evening. Is hello, this... is that Sarah? It is. Um, this is Andrea. How are you? It is. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Great. Well, thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being there. I just had a, a little uh, exchange on Facebook with uh, with Matt, and I didn't realise that uh, this was uh, this was a go oh, for today. No, I know. Funny enough, hold on one sec, one, sorry, just a sec. Not a problem, not a problem. Well, funny enough, I had, um, we did a gig on Friday. So yes. I saw the boys a couple of times last week when we were doing some rehearsing. And um, Matt had mentioned that you'd been trying to get, oh, the, you know, all the diaries. I said, oh, yes, I said, I do know. I, um, we, you know, we, we had a chat about, um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, please, go ahead. Please say to him that I, I can do it this Sunday. And, um, so I'm sorry about all the confusion. Not at the, all. Uh, Not at all. To and throwing about it. I, I'm, I'm just sort of, you know, up to my balls at the moment. <laughs> it's a bit, a bit quieter now, but it was just so manic and hectic that, yeah. um, I didn't know whether I was coming or going and really couldn't pin down the Sunday night because I've got three children as well. So <laughs> when I um, when I kind of finish anything <laughs> that I'm doing, you know, life takes over and, and um, they spring things on me last minute as well. So, um, yeah, pretty hectic in, in our household at the moment. Well, I can, I can only imagine, I mean, th- three children on, on its own without uh, rekindling a music career and having a gig on Friday. It, it's, it's, it's... Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. It must be immensely... I think it's wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's, good. it's wonderful. Yeah, so, so you're, you're not from. Uh, by the sound of your, you're not from Canada, are you? <laughs> no, I'm based in Canada. I live in Canada now, but I'm from uh, from the northwest. So um, I've always had. Uh, I've always been in the industry, as it were, and I've got this pod. Right. I've got this podcast now. I've, jo- I've joined the new millennia, whereby. Oh I, God, I, good for you! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I relinquished the radio show because of uh, having a job, job. Uh, and have yeah. uh, steadily gained an audience globally with with the show over the past year or so, and yeah. and uh, it, it's Great. very it's very simple, Andrea. It's, it's you know I I don't profess to to be anything other than a musical curator. I learned early yeah. on in life that I had absolutely no aptitude uh, in terms of being able to play or sing, so I I, I fast became a DJ and an audiophile. Uh, yeah. And that's that's my part in the whole scheme of things. But I, I'm... Yeah, yeah, just enjoy what you do, and, and yeah, yeah, just feel like you need feel like you can offer it up to people and say if you like it, great. If you don't, then you don't have to listen. But at least it's something you enjoy doing. That's it. That's it. And uh, if there are other dividends that that happen, you know, by osmosis en route, that, that's lovely. But I just want to just want to share music, and, and I was delighted, like thousands and thousands of others to learn of your uh, reformation uh, uh, a, few, yeah. a, f- a few months ago because, you know, yeah. it, it's I, I, it was bizarre because we'll talk about the gig in a second, but, you know, as I'm yeah. looking through the, the, the forthcoming roster for uh, for the Water Rats, it's like I've been hauled back 25, 30 years to the Halcyon days. Yeah, I know. Everyone's reforming, aren't they? Well, there's... And releasing 
Yeah. It's it's lovely. Yeah. It's it's great. I mean, there's there's going to be the odd little aberration whereby they probably shouldn't have bothered. But this list, yeah. pop, pop will eat itself. The primitives, Jesus Jones, the poo sticks, and of course, then the yeah. House of Love, all preceded by yourself. Honestly, yeah. it's like I've been whisked away to my uh, well to living to living back in London and and uh, you know groveling for gig money essentially, which is uh, I know. Well, yeah, I mean, it is quite bizarre when you think about it. Um, I know a lot has sort of got. To a lot of it's down to um, Grant Holby, who put the gig on on Friday and actually yeah. phoned me about, about three or three years, maybe, I mean, two and a half, three, three years ago. Wow. And asked me if I was interested in, in doing a, a couple of gigs, a couple of, like, a, um, like a sort of one-off London gig. And, and I remember a, a driver, when I driving, I pulled over and, and kind of just sat in the car chatting away, talking about other stuff. And then when he got round to it, I was thinking, well... Really? What do you, do you think they're you know, do you think people would be interested? They come and watch and he was like, Yes, yes. Anyway, he said it was quite a few bands and um so kind of trusted him that it would be great, that it would all all, all, all be fine and um, you know, went with it. But got to say, getting back into rehearsing with the boys and more recently in the studio, it has been such a great laugh and we really you know, really had such you know, it's been brilliant. So, um there's no regrets or, or looking back on it, you know, it's not, not sort of thinking that we should get bothered. I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm very humble about it, really. I just think, wow, you know, this, it was, um, like you said, we're going to talk about the gig in a little while, but um, there were just people that I met on Friday that had travelled from, you know, so, so far away uh, to make the gig. And like one guy in particular said, oh, you know, I didn't, I didn't know you reformed until this year. And, you know, I, I, I saw you first 30 years ago and, you actually played last year very close to my hometown, but didn't even know about it. So um, the word's getting out there. Do you know what I mean? I a lot do. Of our old fans that, that we are we have reformed, and obviously now with releasing the EP, there's been um, you know we've been, as a band we've been really overwhelmed by um, you know the the great response it's received. So, so all good, yeah. It's, it's it's a wonderful thing because you 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 know you did cultivate quite a quite a loyal audience over over the course of mm. the, the, the well the the first chapter of your career because this could be considered. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was. It was um, you know from the moment that John Peel played our self-titled EP, which was um, you know all those years. I mean, I can't even remember the date of it, but all those years ago, which was. I mean, that, to be honest with you, at that point, I sort of reached as far as I thought we'd go. I was just like, oh my God, John Peel's played us, that's it. Yes, that's you can. As far as we, you know, that's, that's um, you know, the drop of the cap from John Peel, wow, you know? Yeah. And um, and then it sort of, you know, other things started happening. We weren't really expecting it. We were very young and we, you know, we had a little van that we'd sort of drive around and do lots of gigs in. And again, it just built and built and built. But I think that's another thing as well. We built up a very good... Um, live audience who knew us from the early days and just grew and grew and grew and you know literally people would take time off work to follow us around for a week or you know if they were in college they'd take time off it would just be they'd be there at the gigs before we were there so the following was it was really special and and quite phenomenal really what what we um, were experiencing and um, and obviously then you know things change slightly when you become we sort of cross that threshold into signing to a major label, things do change, which now I understand it, I suppose. And I think we did then, we sort of expected there to be, I wouldn't say a backlash, but we expected it to sort of, maybe not sit comfortably with a lot of people because they just see you as selling out. 
but that was that, and you know, um, not you know, didn't didn't really. What well, it wasn't going to change anything. No. But um, with all with the huge gap that we've had now, um, it's lovely to see a lot of those people coming back round and you know supporting us, also supporting a lot of fans that you just mentioned and have been to see them too. And maybe everybody now at this age, their children have grown up a bit and they feel like they want to get out and go and see gigs again <laughs> and get back into music. I, well, I don't know what it is. Well, um, I think that's a great analogy. You're a music fan, you're always a music fan, aren't you? you know, I agree. Like take over, but I think you know you you still. You still want to hear stuff, and you know, yeah. It's about time, Andrea, more than anything else, because you, you know you've got three children. I'm not sure how old they are, um, but oh my god, I know it is about timing and, and, and all that, and, and the time to do it. Well, mine are quite spread out because um, the youngest is nine, um, and then thirteen and eighteen. Right. They've all got their, you know, their needs. They all need to, you know, um, you know, be looked after still. If you know what I mean? I do. And, I um, do. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and I'm still very much, a, you know, a mum. I don't have still sort of my, my parents live close by and can help, and my husband's brilliant. But yeah, it is. It's really hard. And um, and I think due to that, you probably, I probably really appreciate it more. Yes. You know, because I'm not, I'm not now. You know, I've got a wage coming in from a record label. It's, it's doing it because I really want to do it and I love it and I prefer to squeeze a bit of time out to do it. Um, and that's why things are going to take a long time, Dara. It's going to take a long time yes. to release another EP and probably get an album together. But you know, the the the, the desire is there to do it. So um, you know, it's, it's, when we can get together and, and write more and do more, then we will. But you haven't got this gun to your head anymore. You've got this wonderful uh, ability now, whereby, as you've alluded to, you know, you can just go at your own pace. And if it necessitates yes. the next EP takes another year, then so be it. It's well, exactly, exactly. When we when we signed to Oddbox Records, a Ricardo-based label, yeah, we met up with Trev from them, who's delightful, lovely guy, and um, he kind of you know he, he sort of talked about what he could possibly do and talked to, gave us a little bit of history about what he's been doing, and then he said, oh, to be honest with you, I I thought you could try to sign to a you know a bigger label, and we all kind of just sat there and went, no, no, that's, that's a laugh, and we want, we, don't, we don't need that pressure, we need to be with someone who you know understands. Um, where we're coming from and, you know, like-minded, so isn't going to sort of make us do something we don't want to do. And he's very much like that. He's brilliant. And um, so it's, it's all comfortable. It's all, it's all, you know, you're in control of it. Yes. You're not sort of, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's good. I want to, yeah, you, you touched upon two, two words there that, that you kind of stole my thunder, but, you know, uh, understanding, the, the, the label itself, Oddbox, they, they get it. They, they understand... Yeah. Uh, if I had to use a word, I would hasten to say that they probably qualify as a boutique label whereby they care deeply about every nuance of the release from its artwork to its... Yeah, uh, oh, to, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah, I agree. And, and uh, they've got consummate packaging and, and the singles club, uh, you know, along the lines, of course, Sub Pop, mm. who kind of started that thing way mm. back in the day. But to, even yeah. rattling out cassettes, which we can touch upon later as well. So you're, you're covering yeah. all the bases, digital, vinyl, CD and cassette. Yeah. You're only really missing Laserdisc, Andrew, I think. Or eight track or something. But, but, anyway, but they're, they're a tremendous little label. I'm so glad that you're on this boutique label because in, in yeah, as much, in as much as... Way, yeah. But they also work very nicely in partnership with um, um, the digital aspect. And I'm talking about Bandcamp. And Bandcamp is a, is a wonderful little thing that wasn't around uh, uh, in, in the initial... 
the incarnation of the band. I just wanted to get your thoughts on Bandcamp and pledge and, and crowdfunding because yeah. the way that you can engage your audience and, uh, and and give them a little bit more as opposed to waltzing into HMV, a faceless shop, and, and, and asking for something behind the counter. This is a it's a wonderful oh, yeah, experience. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not really, I, I, mean, I have to be honest, I'm not really up on the way, I don't really understand it particularly, but um, <clears throat> Matt, excuse me a minute, <clears throat> you okay? Matt in the band is, is um, going to set up our own band camp, and he, he is brilliant, he, he, he sort of um, knows all about that, I mean, I, he tells me stuff and I just put my thumbs up and say, yeah, great, go for it, sounds brilliant, <laughs> but, um, but I do like that you're connected to... Um, you know, people who you're cutting out a middleman in a way, aren't you? you exactly. Straight to people exactly. Who, um, you know, want to know a bit more about you, or you, you know, you, you could you could release something that you've done on a on a, a garage band or something. You know, put a quick demo down and get it out there. And there's no real, you know, there's no really real any constraints anymore. You can just do it. You're much more in control of stuff, and I think that's fantastic. It is. And, um, and I think the yeah, audience you supported by a day job because you're not going to. But that, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Hmm. Um, it allows you to be, you know, as creative as you want to be because you're not having to appeal to an A and R man or a, a, you know a bigger label that is thinking about more mainstream or thinking about um, you know the whole marketing thing. I just I just like that um, being on a small label in control. You know, you can decide on something within the band and it gets done rather than it happens to be a huge discussion and, you know, people aren't always yeah. on side or, or whatever. You know, I'm just I'm too old for that headache anyway. So, <laughs> I, I'm um, sure. Yeah, you, you don't want the headaches of, of, of uh, appeasing a boardroom of, of, of major label, label bigwigs. That's the last thing. So no, you, exactly. But well, you've been there. I have anyway. I've always liked things a bit more homegrown and a bit more, um, you know, done independently and... Um, you know, things that you, you yeah, you've got your own personal stamp on things, you know? Yes. We've got people, you know, we, we do our little designs for our, our T-shirts and I chip in and the band will chip in and then it goes off to this guy and it comes back and we just say, yeah, that's great, or can you change this a little bit? And I like that. I think it's good to be involved in, you know, the artwork and the decisions and the track listing and all that. It should come from the band. It should. the creative people and it's, it's something, you know, it, it's something that, you know, yeah, you know, it's yours. So, and I'm sure that's what the you know, people listening to it and are buying it want as well. They, they do. Want it packaged up by somebody else, or do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. You're preaching to the choir, and everything that you're saying completely resonates with me. And as a music fan, there's nothing better than. Than, than well obviously being a fan of any given band and being a being a you know being a completist and then they then they resurface much like yourself and it's yeah. it's and, and but they, you see it's about it's about the little uh, aspects that that you take time over like for instance the the artwork itself the the sleeve yeah. the sleeve to evergreen is a quite beautiful piece of work that that, that is timeless it could have been released thirty years ago it could I be released, love it yeah I, I love it Dara I know we had a couple of um a guy from Newport did it and. Um, there were a couple of versions quite similar, but you know we, we all decided on that one, and I, and I think I think it's timeless, and I, and I love the figures within it. And yes. I think it just it almost tells a little story that you you can um, you know imagine and, and sort of build up, and I'm sure that's different for everybody when they look at it. But, that's it. Yeah. You know I, I I like things like that. I think they need to you know have to look beautiful and look look but they look right. You know what I mean? And 
It fits. Um, it totally fits. And, and again, as you say, subject yeah. subjectivity. This this wonderful image of whether it's uh, uh, nature meeting uh, meeting an industry or whatever way you want to look at it. Everyone's yeah. going to have a different kind of view. But as a whole, it, it well, yeah. it's, it, my, my only degree is in printmaking as a fine artist, and, yeah. it, and it really resonates yeah. with me in terms of being a piece of art. And I had this very conversation with uh, Crikey. Do you, do you remember a band called Fiat Lux in the in the eighties? You know, they've just got back together, and much like yourselves, and I was talking to them uh, last week, and we're talking about the very, very same thing, about uh, having the control uh, of your uh, of your package from, 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 from concept to delivery, really. And, and, yeah, absolutely, your baby, isn't it? You that's I mean? it, you exactly. You that time into it, and, um, you know, it's, it's great to sort of see that through. Maybe the second time around, that is, it's always been, it was always important to us before, but I do remember seeing packaging before and you know sort of not being 100 percent about it but it was, it was too far in the production that you could change anything but this time round, i think it's it's just right you know yeah and even with the video thread from old box said oh yeah you will need a video and i never i didn't think we need one you know i thought oh, <laughs> yeah you'll need a video and we sort of counted up our pennies how much money have we got then we thought oh maybe about 200 quid and anyway we um a local guy a friend of ours called elliot um he, we got in touch with him. He does because our drummer. He he um, teaches on a, on a, a, a drum course in London, mm. and he also does a blog on drumming. And this guy Elliot filmed it for him. So um, Eric had said, "Oh yeah, well maybe Elliot could do it." So it literally happened with a couple of texts, a couple of phone calls, speaking to Elliot. Got it completely. I said, "Elliot, we've got no money. We just need to go. We don't. We can't hire anywhere. We go out. I, you know, I own a camper van." We'll go out in the camp and we'll go out to the countryside. It's about evergreen. We're Welsh. We need fields. Some back, some daffodils. You know, we just had a bit of a laugh about it. And that's what we did. And um, I really like the sort of, it was, we just had that golden time of day, about sort of between, because really we didn't start filming until three in the afternoon. Mm. And it was all finished by sort of, well, about 7.30, 8 o'clock. And um, we just had that golden time of day when the yeah. sun was just right. Yeah, the and, twilight, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it was, anyway, I saw it, and I'm really chuffed with it, um, and in total it cost £300, you know, so... <laughs> this is staggering, isn't it? What, if you're yeah. going to agree to agree, um, the budget comes way, way down, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. £300 yeah. video. Who, who would have thought that? And, and it's fantastic, and, and it certainly does the trick. And, and I'm just really, I'm looking at the uh, the actual um, Evergreen EP uh, page on the, on the Oddbox uh, Bandcamp page, and <laughs> this, this, this wonderful, wonderful new comments just cropped up. Holy crap, new darling buds. So oh, people are finding out yeah. day by day by day. Yeah. So let's talk oh, about the I gig. I've seen that, but Matt, Matt, Matt has said to me that, that uh, I did see a couple of, um, couple of people that came to see us Friday and I looked on Twitter and saw that some of the comments that were just really lovely and really encouraging. Oh, that yeah. Really makes you feel like, oh, good, good, that's really great that, that that's a sort of... Um, well, that's the sort of feeling that people are getting from seeing us, so that's great. But I, Matt told me about some of the comments, so, yeah. like I said, yeah. It's, it's, all very, very positive. I mean, we'll, we'll do it anyway, but it's all just very nice to get um, lovely feedback and, you know, make, make sure it's all uh, more worthwhile. Then, kudos you know. is always nice. I know, I know that's not why you do it, but it's always a lovely little bonus. Yeah, and, exactly. And I was actually I was actually following some of the hashtags on Friday because of course I, I couldn't be there but uh, I knew that you were gigging yeah. and 
so yeah, some of the most wonderful comments came just by people who were, who were there. It was almost sort of like a, a very community spirit. And, and uh, I, I, I love that inclusivity of, of being a part of a movement that's lasted the best part of three decades. It's lovely. You, you, do, you do as a fan have a, have a real sense of belonging. So, so the gig itself... Yeah. So, so I know it's, it's very difficult for you to articulate how the gig went. I know for a fact that it went well, yeah. but uh, so how... Well, how we really do... have a real sense of, of occasion about it, because it's not like we do them very often. Yes. So, and we seem to have been doing them around about springtime um, every year for the past three or four years. So, um, you know, some people have said, oh, yeah, I always look forward to coming to London at this point, and you're going to do a little gig somewhere. And, <laughs> and there is that sense of occasion. People come along... Yeah. Um, you know, really spend a night of it. Um, and our songs are, you know, they sing along, they're catchy. Um, there's always flowers and there's always confetti. Daffodils, and daffodils, spring, and the darling buds. Da daffodils, spring, and the darling buds. They're all synonymous, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. The little Welsh connection. Exactly. Yeah, wonderful. And, huh? um, so, yeah, it's. It, it, um, it's become a bit of an event, which I, I think is great, yeah. It is. And so so, so you, you, you're there on Friday, and it's, how, how long was the set, just out of morbid curiosity? Well, uh, that's exactly what we said. We were at three rehearsals before, and they were, two of them were last week. And uh, when we put it together, the set, you know, the usual question is, oh, I, I thought, what does the contract say? And um, <laughs> Matt said, oh, I think it's an hour and ten minutes or so. So we sort of thought, oh, right, oh, okay, that's... Because our songs are really short. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's about 21, 22 songs then. Yep. So, um, and we really wanted to include the four songs, the new ones, yes. obviously. Um, and we were thinking, oh, the slower track, the 21 8 spot, where should we sort of plonk this in the middle of it all? Where's it going to go down? And uh, Paul said, well, I think we should do it first. And everybody looked in horror. Slow songs first. What do you mean? <laughs> You know, that's not Starling Bird style. We always come on and, you know, sort of bash something really sort of frantic out and get the crowd going. And then um, he said, oh, the trouble is, he said, you know, if, if we do a slow one in the middle of it all, um, people might not listen to it because it'll be chatting. <laughs> so we were like, all right, we'll give it a go. And we did give it a go. We went with it, even though it was um, not something we normally do. And it was perfect. Great. Um I mean, it started on Breeze, because I don't know if you've heard that song, but it's... Like yes, yeah, no, I, I've, got, I've got the EP. It, it, uh, the EP yeah. is, is etched, so yeah, I'm very familiar with the song. Yeah. And I'm it's just... not, there's not a typical... I mean, we have done you know, songs very similar to that before, but it's not a typical um, Darling Bird song. No. We started with that, and then when we finished it, and the, we, we went straight into Hit the Ground... Oh, yeah. Um, some reason the guitars weren't that loud. Anyway, we did it and that was fine. And then a few, with this, <laughs> a few voices came over the crowd saying, "Turn the guitars up." <laughs> I listened to. I listened to them, Dara, because I think, well, they know it. They yeah. know what they're listening to. They yeah. know experience. <laughs> so I said, "Turn the boys." And I said, "Oh, I think we've got to turn the guitars up," and which is what happened. And then it, so as we went into sort of went to feed yourself, then was the next song, and it kind of built and built, and you know was was. Um, sound that everyone was happy with but uh but that was nice we got that little little connection from the audience sort of wonderful you know, getting get help us along a bit great stuff and the poppin jays are in support yeah Oh, but yeah brilliant Pol uh, poppy polly and um and wendy were there who uh We've done it, done it a gig with a couple of years ago. So we've known them for a little while, and uh, they were superb. Yeah, they're, they're, and they're great girls. Really almost, great. almost the perfect double bill. Almost, it's just. Yeah, just... it was. It was. It's great to play with you know 
know, bands that you admire and a friend. Yes. Um, makes the event even, even more enjoyable, doesn't it? You know? Well, um, was... We share backstage and, you know, just have a, a bit of a chin wag and a laugh, share perfume. It's great. Lovely stuff. And, and yeah, and a female vocal fest, which is lovely. Well, yeah, let's, I think the audience like that. Oh, yeah. for sure, for sure. And, and the EP itself. Now, well, I'm not, not going to talk too, too much about, about uh, the, the material that is well documented, uh, but, but the, the new record, did, did it differ in any way uh, from your um, traditional ways and means of songwriting? Did, did, did it uh, come about through different means or was it a very similar kind of genesis to, uh, um, to, to the previous works? Probably quite similar um, in many ways. Um, what we did was, um, what did we do? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Usually, or you will send me something, and then I will listen to it for ages and, you know, come up with melodies and lyrics and things like that. But it's actually a bit easier this time around because you can record stuff so easily on your phone. Yes. Um, you know, so I was sort of jotting things down and just recording things. And then we'd meet up then another evening and, you know, try and get, uh, the good thing is because you can record things so quickly, you don't forget stuff, you know. Do you know the, yeah, mean? the top of mind, yeah. Yeah, so we'd meet back up and I said, oh, I have this idea to sing at this part. And then I thought, it'd be, so it, it's very collaborative. Um, and then you hit on something and or you get excited about something. And sometimes then I'm just, you know, um, texting little ditties or, or, you know, WhatsApping little ditties over to them and they're doing the same back to me because you're on this, this role then that, you, you know, you like the, the sound of the, the, the bridge or the, or the chorus or whatever and we'd meet back then and they sort of develop over time like that. So, um, in some ways similar because that's how we I always work collaboratively like that and I need to sort of have a bit of music and then I sort of think about something to go on top which I've always done. Um, but, also very different because yeah, we weren't expecting, you know, it could take as long as we wanted as well. So, um, yeah, just, I, 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 at that time I wasn't really listening to much else. I wasn't really uh, being influenced by anything. Um, just sort of did what was natural, really. It was very organic. Like I said, we, we wouldn't finish a whole song in one go. Yeah. But, um, you know, Matt's brilliant. I mean, he has, he's really prolific. He comes up with lots of stuff a lot, you know, all the time. Sends things over to me and, and um, I might send some ideas back to go with it and then he builds on that. So, so yeah, you know. Um, so it's, totally, it's, yeah, it's as collaborative as it ever ever has been, essentially, then, Andrea. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. With, I mean, it was always me and Harley that wrote. Well, not always, but most yeah. of the time it was Harley and I that wrote. But um, this time around, you know, the, the boys have had more of an input, um, particularly Matt. Uh, Paul's written quite a bit as well. So, um so, yeah, it is collaborative, yeah. It's great. So it's pretty well the same as it has been, except not on quarter-inch tape, you're using, using iPhones and, and sound oh and sound yeah, boxes. massive different in the, in the studio. Yeah, massive difference. Yeah, so actually, um, what, how did that go down, actually? Did, did it take long to uh, get them all, all four tracks uh, recorded and and, uh, and mixed? Was it a lengthy process? Or um, it... Well, you know, they, they weren't all done in one day, but that sort of, which I, I sort of... I, 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 imagine that that's what we would have to do but we did spend probably you know like a week say doing the, doing the four tracks which is pretty good going yeah it is yeah for not all at once though it wasn't like a whole week it was just you know part of a day here and part of a day there and evening you know that sort of thing um but we went in and we did them all live and then you know keep the drums obviously and, and then go in and um layer everything else on 
Yeah. Um, and then obviously I've got vocal ideas and stuff and you know, harmonies and things that I've been working on. It's a bit different with 21 Aches, actually, because Trevor had said that it was probably best to do a four-track EP, and even though the song was written, yeah. it wasn't recorded, so that was done... That was done very, very quickly, and it actually, the vocals on that were recorded. We, we did a gig up in Leicester on the Saturday night, and we were in the studio on the Sunday night, and we drove back and probably had, oh, about three hours sleep, something like that. And by the time we got down to do the vocals on the Sunday night, it was about midnight, and, um, you know, my voice was just... <laughs> Very well. There's all this background story doesn't really uh, take take away from the end result. I mean, what you've just been talking about really does uh, reiterate how manic your life has been of late. <laughs> Running from pillar to post, from gig to recording studio to getting the kids off to school, and and, and then yeah, pre press repeat. Yeah, I mean, it's like that. Exactly, Dara. It's like that. And um, yeah, you know, it's um, but you know, it just keeps it all alive, doesn't it? Keeps it all in the moment. And well, I, I don't you know, know whether that's. <laughs> Exactly what I mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, could, you could get in the studio, we, we could have come away and we could have gone, oh, let's tweak this, or let's go back and do that, or I think we want to check. I, I still probably would, I still sing things now on the EP that aren't on there. I still sing harmonies now, and they're mm. not on there because I've thought about them afterwards. But, you know, that's irrelevant, isn't it? You know, I think you just, when, it, when you all get together at that moment, that's when it's happening. And, you know, it's a piece of, piece of art, a piece of the time that you're doing it, and you just got to move on to the next thing then, really, rather than, otherwise you're never going to get around to doing it, you're never going to release it, you're never going to be happy with it. Agreed, agreed, and you are, you've got a wonderful attitude towards that, there are lots of people who are overly pedantic, and it's just going to contribute to your own insanity at some point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that might be fine for them, and I reckon there'll probably be people that would say, oh no, I could never leave it like that, it's not finished. But, and, and that's absolutely fine. I understand that. I mean, I've got, you know, I've got my own level of perfectionism, if you know what I mean. Yes. I think everybody's got their level. You, know, you can't say, people say I'm a perfectionist. You say, but, you know, to what level are you a perfectionist? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Because some people are obsessively, and some people are, no, that's, I'm, I'm happy with that. And I think for me, being busy, I could say, oh, no, I'm not, not doing it, I've got time. But, but then you think, well, that's a shame, because you want to do it. So I make time, make sure I do it, but don't get too... Yeah, don't it too, um, well, you, know, you, you, you've you just got the right, you just, you just know when to, to let it go and to be happy. And at the end of the day, you, you yeah. touched, you, you're quite, you're quite right. You said, you know, over egging the pudding, overthinking stuff is, is, is the kiss of death, isn't it, really? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what I thought when we, when we've done these gigs, you know, post, um, the, the, the more recently. Um, there were lots of songs on there that you know were written when um, the band first started. I don't know, I was 18 or something, 
And to be honest, I'm like, oh, bloody hell, I've got to think that again. It just doesn't really. But then you start doing it and you think, oh, hang on a minute, you know, just get on with it and sing it and, and don't take it all too seriously, really. It, it, it's Well, also, Andrea, people, people who are there... But people who are there want to be there. They're not. They're not, they're not being. They're not being dragged to your gigs under duress. No, so. Exactly. Oh no, 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 no. Exactly. I know that. Yeah. yeah. And it's nice for them to hear. You know that some of the old songs that um, maybe aren't my favourites anymore, but I still feel like oh, you know, it's important to. And it might be, but in the band, it was, a lot of the boys say, oh no, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, we sing that. We do that one. We like. I like that. We like playing that one. And like the rhythm that one. Blah blah blah. So, you know. Like I said, I'm not going to get all, um, you know, arty about it. It's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, yeah, it's good. It's lovely. So, so uh, let me ask you, are you, are you still uh, very much involved with the Children's Academy of uh, Stage Training? Yeah, I've been there all weekend, yeah. Yeah, so that's... Working that's with the kids, yeah. That's your full-time... So I was that... on Friday and um, we drove back and my husband runs it with me and he said, oh, you know, don't, don't, you don't have to come in. And I thought, oh, no, I will come in in a little while and... Great. Anyway, got down there, and they're, and they're great. I mean, it's, it's great work for the children. They just, they're the same. They just, you know, they're, in a funny kind of way, you can learn a lot from them. Oh, they, you can. They, Le- yes, you know, let they go. They enthusiasm. They, they have such a desire to get up and have a go and have a laugh. And then they reach that sort of teenage years, and sadly, they all kind of start to go, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not good at that, and I'm not very good at this. That's right. Like, yes, just don't ever put those... Just constraints on yourself. You don't have to, you know, good by whose standards. You know, yes. if you're enjoying it, you should, you know, still go for it and get, get a lot out of it. Yeah, well, hopefully that naivety of youth yeah. with some of these some of these kids can perpetuate because you know it, it is the same with most of us. You suddenly hit a wall in your in your teens whereby yeah. you look in the mirror and you become all uh, self conscious, and, and that's absolutely definitely. It's a turning point yeah, that yeah, some people yeah. deal with better than others, and. Uh, I can only hope that people with, you know, with with, with talent when it comes to, uh, to the, the art form that you're uh, that you're trying to uh, to promote, uh, the, the environment that, that I haven't read much about it because to be fair, I've been to the website and I've read as much as I can about the uh, about the academy. It seems a wonderful wonderful catalyst for for for, for, for children to, to 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 follow their path oh, without yeah, any pressure. Definitely, definitely. I mean, we've got um, we've got some you know hugely talented children who. Um, you know, have gone on to, you know, be in, be in professional work and stuff like that. And they're, they're just they're really great, great kids. And there's other children that come along, not for that at all. There's nothing to do with, you know, wanting fame or, or wanting to be the focus of, of, a, of a, a solo or a main part in, in a play. But they come along, a lot of it, because of their, they don't have any confidence. And when you see some children like that, or children that just, you know, they've, they've, they've been, you know, elected mute, they don't want to speak. And you see how these children have um, conquered those, those those things and, and have become, you know, oh, my son is holding something out. What is it, Dad? What? Okay, I will. Yeah, my son's writing me notes because he knows I'm... It'll just be five more minutes, Andrew, because I know you've got a you've got a life to get back to there, but did you, do your children, um, do they participate as well, uh, the three of them? Material. Um, she done a few gigs, and this is what was lovely. About four years ago, she um, she came in from school and said, "Oh, I've been asked to do a gig," and I said, "All right." And she said, 
just, um, yeah, it was a little cool perp. And I said, all right, okay, well, Dad or I will walk you up there. She said, no, I'm just going to grab my little ukulele. It was a really early little gig, like 7 o'clock in the evening. Grabbed her ukulele, off she trotted. Nice. In 20 minutes, she was back, and she'd done this little opening slot supporting somebody on their guitar. Nice. And I thought it was great, you know, to, to get up there, live in the moment. Didn't you know, had a couple of songs in her, in her back pocket that she'd been practising. Got up and did it, and, and that's, that's brilliant. And now she's, you know, she's in a lot of school plays and, and has always been, been performing. Wonderful. Um, She's doing her, her A-levels at the moment, so it's all, um, you know, head down in books, getting on with that and, you know, working really hard. Um, and then Etienne, she's, she's on our middle daughter, she's funny, she's always performed very naturally, um, natural comic, really, very, very funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and gets, you know, gets a lot out of it, but she also is a keen sportswoman and goes on hockey tours and loves all that, so, you know, got a nice little balance there. You have. Got and then our son, our son Noah, he's, you know, flat, a point, you know, he just says, flat, I write, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. I hate it. I don't like people looking at me. I don't want to do it, which is fine as well. Of course it is. It's so different. He's football man. Yeah. He's, got, he's very, it's lovely because they're all, they're all really supportive of what I do. And also my husband, Jamie's an actor. And yeah. they're always, you know, supportive of their dad. They're not just, um, Sounds like a sounds like a very very a very very vibrant and fun household. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, it keeps me on my toes. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've got no choice. This this is this is the part of the of, of the interview when I, when I ask a couple of things. Well, one of them I can't really ask because I usually say, you know, what songs would you like me to play if you had the choice? But just to let you know, I'm going to play the the EP in its entirety. Oh uh, yeah, play the new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 I'll definitely. play. I'll play the whole shooting match, and uh, so I'm looking forward to, to sharing the whole thing. And and this is completely off topic, Andrea. And and it's a question I ask everybody, regardless of, of who you might be, because it's a question that that stumps the best of us. And mm -hmm. it's hypothetical. So let's say that the Darling Buds have played Ottawa and uh, have the band round at my place for a barbecue, and then we have a cup of tea afterwards. Yeah. And um, you know, I bring out the biscuit tin, but this is this is a magic biscuit tin whereby Andrea can can wish any biscuit on God's green earth. So, what would you choose from said magic biscuit tin? What biscuit would I choose? Yeah, anything? Uh, and no, it so has to be a, has to be a biscuit because biscuits are serious business. Uh, yeah, what biscuit would I choose? Yes. And, um, what biscuit would I choose? What do, you, do I go posh or do I go? childhood memory of my favourite biscuit. You're not going to be um, judged either were, way. You're not going to be judged because there's no wrong answer. No, no, but I'm just thinking what, what we've in you know, that magic biscuit. Well, I do like the good old-fashioned bourbon biscuit, actually. There you go. The chocolate. You're the second entry like Second entry in the bourbon column. I will, uh, I'll, via Matt, I will send you an updated uh, infographic of uh, the biscuit, magic biscuits in charts. Just for pure, <laughs> just for pure silliness. Um, but uh, in the meantime, thank you so much for, for the, the wonderful chat, and I'm just delighted for, for you and the band that you're together. I'm delighted for music fans like me that we can hear Aww, such such great you. tunes. And and the, and the new EP really is, is absolutely stellar, and, and I'm and I'm just looking forward to, to to new stuff. No, and as you said, no Sweet. gun, no gun to your Sweet. head. You can, and, and thank you for being so candid and open and talking about your family life and everything that, that is, is is a component of, of, of the Darling Birds. It's been it's yeah, been a, exactly. it's, it's been a real a real pleasure. Yeah. 
So I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll let you know via Matt or uh, or other means when uh, when the show yeah, is, sure. is 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 up. My email address as well, but yeah, whatever's easiest for you. Absolutely. Um, let, let me know, and um, yeah, you know, we'll um, we'll hopefully get some more stuff out as well. Well, that would be lovely, but I'm not going to be uh, yeah. I'm not going to be so selfish as to propose that. I'm, I've got these four <laughs> tracks. We've all got these four tracks to listen to for the next little while, anyway. Keep, keep, yeah, keep you going for a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, all the very best, and and uh, hopefully we'll That's talk soon. Well, Lovely. Cheers. Thank you for time. My pleasure. Take care, Andrew. Alright, take care too. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. The Darling Buds are back. And thank goodness for that. Thank you, Andrea, very, very much. That was a, a wonderful little chit-chat there. And I hope you all enjoyed it as I did. Uh, you should all be uh, very, 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 very up to speed now when it comes to uh, the Darling Buds. Um, but before I depart, one more Darling Buds track from their Evergreen EP. The last track off the EP. 21 Aches. Can't 
I'll round things off, I think, uh, just by reminding you that nearperfectpitch.com, sorry, is the uh, is the URL whereby all the links are there for all the ways and means to listen and, and follow through social media. If you do love the program, like the program, please do share. Uh, I've got listeners all over the place, uh, and I'm trying to grow listenership uh, for my little humble cottage industry, whereby I uh, play my own songs on a weekly basis in the hopes that uh, you enjoy it and then can in turn... Uh, uh, pay it forward by sharing it with other people thanks so much for listening as ever I'll be back next week with a bit of luck uh, and uh, we should be talking to Peter Hooten uh, from the farm and that'll be our uh, feature interview next week near perfect pitch is over and out uh, ta up. <laughs>